When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live. Welcome to your Wednesday Night Wrestling Inc. podcast. I am your host, Alfred Kunawa, and I am joined by two of the OGs of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. First, of course, our returning champion. This is the man who's done it all. I mean, he's bodybuilding, uh, politics, you name it. He's done it, and he's gone there. Matt Morgan, what's up, man? What's up, you guys? <laughs> and, of course, uh, sitting in for Raj tonight. He's gotten the second dose, so he's taking the night off. Well-deserved. Of course, our second returning champion, Issa. What's going on, Issa? Not much. Excited to be covering Wednesdays for once. Wait, hang, hang, on, hang on, hang on. He got his second dose of what? Oh, you got a second dose of the Moderna shot. I, I don't know if I should be saying that, but yeah, that's what he, you know. Raj is so he can't do the podcast because of that? Yeah, I hear that second dose is lethal for some people. You know, some people react to it different than others. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're I've holding enough Raj here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, before we get started with the NXT AEW, this is going to be one of the last nights that we get to do this in terms of covering both shows. So I want to get both Good. your reaction to the Good. news that came out. Uh, about NXT moving to Tuesday nights. Matt, what do you think about that? Good. I hate uh, bastardizing one of them every week, you know, um, and I feel like I un cover it a little bit less, NXT, to be honest, um, which when I watch it the day after on Thursday afternoons and stuff, it's a much better show than when I watched it that Wednesday previously because my eyes are glued to AEW the whole time. Yeah. yeah, I felt tonight was a prime example of why we need them to be on separate nights. Both shows were good, both shows delivered, but I still feel like I missed out on so much going back and forward between the two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it is very hard. I mean, I can imagine just watching it as a fan in general, just watching both shows, keeping up with that is pretty difficult uh, because both of them have these little strategies to where they go to commercial. Sometimes they do picture in picture, sometimes not. And then also just so much is going on that I'm really looking forward to both of them being on separate nights just so I can see it. Because part of it is me going back and watching each of them and seeing what I miss, especially based on these podcasts we do. And I hear Justin go over some of the stuff. I'm like, well, I didn't know that part of it happened. So don't do so much. Listen, do you think the ratings will go up um, because of this? Certainly, especially for NXT. I think NXT has more to gain in terms of the ratings going up. Uh, I think they're going to have that lead-in for Raw. I think they're going to really get behind it with USA Network. I think NXT has more to gain. I think we might get to a place sooner rather than later where NXT uh, is either competing or has more total viewers in AEW just on the strength of being on one night. Uh, but AEW is definitely going to grow, too. I feel the opposite way about it. I think NXT has a, has a tougher road with wrestling fans not being wired to tuning on Tuesdays to where we are wired to tune in on Wednesday. So I think it's going to take some time to adjust to having to watch wrestling, especially after a draining Monday Night Raw. You might not be ready for more wrestling on Tuesdays. You might need that night to decompress. <laughs> good point. Yeah, Tuesday usually is that night off after three hours. So that's actually good right. point. Well, um, let's get into the shows. Let's start with AEW Dynamite. Uh, we opened with Christian versus Frankie Kazarian. 
Uh, these two had a very good professional wrestling match. Uh, Kazarian dominated early. Uh, Cage did look rusty in parts, I will say that, but uh, the story of the match was basically Kazarian going for a chicken wing, which apparently is a move he's been winning a lot of matches with on Dark and Elevation. Uh, they teased a time limit draw. These two went a very long time, but uh, toward the end of the match, Christian hits the kill switch for the win. What did you guys think about Christian's debut? I really didn't take it as much as Christian's debut as I took it as a great opportunity for Frankie Kazarian to show the world once again, when he was at impact with TNA impact wrestling, man, we had that group fortune together, right? Frankie, I always thought dead serious should have been the second biggest star right after AJ in that group. He looked, who's the movie star he looks like when he had long hair. Um, Ben, Ben, what was his name? Ben Davis. What was the guy's name? John claude Van Damme. No, long hair. He oh. had long, uh, and it's a Spanish, very famous Spanish actor. Um, anyways, Antonio Banderas. Oh, Antonio yes. Banderas like, on his prime he, he, was the man. You're, you're too young, so you probably don't even remember Frankie Kazarian with long hair. But <laughs> but seriously, uh, the dude was great looking, was great in the ring, had everything it took to be a single star by himself for years. And... I'm almost pissed off that these companies have taken this long to get with the program. And what I really appreciated was how Tony Khan put Frankie Kazarian over huge. Last night, I, I watched a little bit of Impact, and he did one of his crash commercials where he just sits there and brags about AEW, Tony Khan. And he called Frankie a legend of AEW, which I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, they're a new company, you know, but still, it's a, quite a, a thing to say. And uh, he this was for me watching this guy struggle for so many years to get with a company that would give him a legitimate opportunity and uh, not pull the rug out from underneath him. This was a big match, I thought. Um, so I took this way bigger than a Christian Cage. Christian, I love him to death, but this was not his debut to me. This was, a, a, in my opinion, a, a main event caliber wrestled, executed match by Frank Kazarian. And the, the company could do a lot more with him because – you saw the stuff he was pulling off in that ring. It was ridiculous. His ring psychology is second to none. His move sets actually, it's exciting and entertaining. It's not boring. Um, and again, the dude gets better with age somehow. But uh, again, I, I said this 15 years ago, this dude should have been a singles act star many, many moons ago. Yeah, I thought they were going to go all the way to the time draw. I did. I and, and like Matt said, I was actually more impressed with Frankie than I was with Christian. And listen, his, his gimmick is outwork everyone. And I kept saying, he's getting outworked. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> outwork everyone. Well, guess what? He's getting outworked right now, which I appreciated that. I really wanted it to come to a time draw and see it again. It was an excellent match. I agree with you that he did look rusty, Christian, a couple of times. But, I mean, look how he was wrestling against. Right. And he's been seven years since he had a singles match. So if that's, if that's his first one, props to him. And just so you guys know, dead serious, the kind of match they wrestled is there's a difference between different matches on the card. When you get put on the beginning of the card, like the first three matches, you're supposed to fit within a certain box of what you're allowed to do and execute in your storytelling. Um, you're not supposed to leave the ring, little things like that. You're not supposed to be in as many rest holds. Um, middle of the card, you could pick it up a little bit. Main event, you're supposed to everything in the kitchen sink uh, involved in your ring psychology in that match. And there you pull out all the stops. So to Chris's credit, he wrestled, in my opinion, that was a main event executed match as far as how long it went, 
how hard they went. So to be fair to him, like that wasn't a welcome back. Hey, here's a three minute squash match for you. Right. Uh, Christian cage. Right. You're being thrown into the freaking deep end right away. And that's his own. I know him and I know Jay enough to know that's his own doing. He wanted that because he's a huge star. He could have told them to go fly a kite. I want to wrestle a three minute match. And they would have had to have been okay with that because he's that big of a star like a Chris Jericho. They can say those things. Um, so I thought that was awesome that he picked Frankie Kazarian because he did. He definitely picked Frank Kazarian to do this match with. And two, put in so much time. He put in so much time in that match. And again, guys, that was a mean event caliber match. Yeah, this is exactly what Christian needed in terms of his first match. Um, I thought based on exactly what they did, this is what I would have expected seeing them make that deal last week to wrestle, that they were just going to go in there and have a really good match. And uh, I'm just looking forward to what Christian has uh, moving forward. Because you got to remember, he hasn't been wrestling for the better part of, what, seven years? or It's been several years since we last saw Christian in the ring. So his first match back, I thought, you know, he overachieved. So listen, I'm I'm in the gym every day. And there's a difference of being in the gym and being in shape, even doing cardio every day. I do facet cardio every morning. And then I do it at night. I'm still not in wrestling shape. Yeah. Okay. You can only be in wrestling shape by wrestling. And I'll be honest, I have, I have that show coming, um, a charity event that I'm going to be wrestling at uh, on April 10th here in Central Florida, cheap plug. But guys, like in my head already, I'm coming up with ways to make it a tag match, to uh, 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 pick and choose where I get tagged in. Do you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. smart about it. And, and so the, to speak after taking so much, so much time off, I was really blown away by the fact that he was able to pull off that match after seven years. Holy crap. Yeah, because they worked their asses off. Seriously. Um, uh, super chat I from the I'll get the super chat going. So before we get into this, the next uh, segment, it was a couple of backstage vignettes where AEW just maxed out its shit use to where first it was Sting and Darby <laughs> Allen with uh, Darby Allen talking about Matt Hardy. He's saying that uh, your body's breaking down. Money's not going to buy you real fan friends, and then the, your money doesn't mean shit to me. And then Jade Cargill comes in talking about Red Velvet, and she says, keep talking that shit. Nobody can beat me. I'm that bitch. What did you guys think about these two promos? I thought I both like, were awesome. Good. Yeah, I, I dug both of them. Yeah, yeah the, the Darby and Sting, like, they were, like, throwing money in the air, making it rain. Like, I just, I used to be like, why are these two together? Now I absolutely adore the two of them together. In the beginning, I was like, it doesn't make Dude, sense to me. Now Darby I don't want them apart. Cool. Darby I makes them cool. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's funny because you would think it would be the other way around, but no, it's uh-huh. Darby that's making this pair here, and that's amazing for him because when you right. bring an, an a an older talent that's what they should be doing making sure that the younger star is shining and sting is doing that for darby right now i i love that video package yeah yeah sting didn't say a word either he just he was just with darby and darby was doing all the heavy lifting it was just Mm -hmm. there just like you said isa uh and uh stellar justin lopez front of the show of course he says it was nice to see this type of match on dynamite aew needs more balance with their matches and christian will bring this to aew yes Yes, this is a your garden variety professional wrestling match but very good because both guys worked uh very hard Uh, so remember I, i said i said a while back when christian first got signed i think it was last week i said i was concerned that the AEW fans wouldn't appreciate his style of work where he's doing sunset flips off the second rope or you know his little bump he does every single match in which the guy pushes him over the top rope he hooks the rope with his bicep and takes the sick looking bump to the outside of the ring he does that every match um little things like that i was like is AEW fans really gonna think that's athletic enough and 
really being in fifth gear? Will they appreciate it? So I'm interested to see what the rating does. Yeah. Uh, so this next match, a lot going on here. QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, this is your exhibition match. That's how it was advertised with Arn Anderson as special guest referee. So this really was just like a standard wrestling match. Some people thought it might be like a Greco-Roman type exhibition. No, it was like actually just a regular wrestling match where the story was Cody, like he had said, every time he had a chance to hurt QT Marshall, he didn't do it. He had a chance to step on his face. He didn't do it. And then QT Marshall was taking cheap shots, like slapping him around and just acting very <laughs> foolish. Uh, this match took a real turn where the Nightmare family, which was surrounding the ring, uh, they get into it. There starts a brawl. Uh, which is essentially like a civil war of sorts because Aaron Solo, Anthony Agogo, and Nick Camarado of the Nightmare Family turn on them. Uh, uh, the, the big moment comes where QT Marshall gets a cheap shot in on Arn Anderson. And so now these three guys are beating everybody up. We get a pile driver on a bloody Dustin Rhodes on the steel steps. I and mean, this guy bleeds better than anybody in the business. Yes. Uh, and- <laughs> I mean, he's just, and he's got face paint. And he's just bleeding through his face paint. Was, and then uh, he teases a chair shot on Cody Rhodes' head on the steel step. Uh, Red Velvet comes in and she cusses him out and tells him to stop, and he eventually backs down. So it looks like we're getting kind of a new faction with QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, those of you who don't know, ba- Bailey's ex, uh, Anthony Agogo, and Nick Camarado. Uh, looks like they're spinning off into their own thing. What did you guys think about this? I, uh, real quick, I, I don't know if those other talents are over enough yet to really. I was happy to see them being featured, I guess, because they're different and somewhat new. But I, I don't know. This is a really stacked roster. I can't really see them getting off of Dark uh, and on AEW Dynamite. For now, they will because they're brand new. They just form. So, yeah. But after a week or two, I, I don't think they're, they're going to be regulated to Dark. Um, but who cares? The, the main thing here was QT Marshall, I thought, was awesome. I thought he was hilarious. He's another one paid his dues for many, many years, was told he was too generic looking. He wrestled too oh, – his work was too smooth, which is like that's such a compliment. That makes no yeah. sense on why you would not hire somebody for that reason. I never – it makes no sense to me. But happy to see him get an opportunity. Happy to see him put it out of the park tonight. Um, good on the roads is for selling their asses off to – get to this part and uh good on again back to qt good on him he looked good yeah i was very impressed by qt i would say um to matt's point i'm somebody that recently started doing the wednesday nights watching wednesday night wrestling so i wasn't familiar with half of these people um and i do think that there's too many factions in AEW, and it's it gets confusing to keep up with so yet another one mm-hmm. you know it's it, it, i just think it's a lot we'll see where they go with it the selling and the beatdown was good I'll, you know yeah. i'll give them that but I just think it's, it's getting hard to keep up with all these factions at this point, but maybe they'll go somewhere. A lot of them end up telling a better story than what I give them credit on the beginning, so we'll see. Yeah, no, I thought this was good. I, I like QT Marshall. I've liked everything he's done. Uh, they made a thing about Lee Marshall getting attacked too because that's kind of how this thing started, so I think you're going to get QT Marshall versus Lee Marshall out of this, and then that's probably going to lead to QT versus Cody. So they're doing a good job with uh, QT Marshall. Um, and Yeah, I guess factions is just based on how AEW books. Like Literally everybody in AEW is in a faction, so I guess that's just how they decide to do things. Uh, we get a backstage promo with John Moxley, another good promo. He's questioning whose side the Young Bucks are on. He's talking about all the reasons he's pissed off. One of the reasons he's hot, he takes his shirt off. Uh, and then he uh, says that you can make a lot of money with Cesar Bononi, but not if I kill him. 
which I thought was a great line. Then we get uh, Caesar Bononi versus John Moxley. This match went a very long time. I was very surprised with how much time they gave these two. Uh, Caesar looked fine. Uh, there's a lot of outside interference from Ryan Nemeth, who I think has a lot of promise as a manager. Uh, the finish comes when John Moxley counters a pump handle slam into a rear naked choke and chokes out the big tree and Caesar Bononi and wins the match. Good, great promo. First and foremost, the promo I thought was absolute fire. Um, all of his promos have been really lately. Yeah. Um, but this was good. The match was, he did what he was supposed to do. He helped get the big guy over a little bit, right? Gave him some rub. And uh, ultimately had to do what he had to do, which is win, obviously. This was a good match. It was all right. Yeah, I really, really appreciate the promo. I think any promo that Moxley does at this point, as soon as you see him, you just get excited because, you know, he's going to hype you up. No matter what he says, he's going to hype you up for whatever is coming up. Um, I didn't really watch the full match because I was doing the back and forward thing, but the promo I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, so then we get uh, Team Taz is backstage. Uh, Taz is doing the nothing to see here. Everything is good. And then... Uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks get into it, have a heated moment. Cooler heads prevail, but again, they're teasing that Team Taz uh, is going to either break up or uh, Brian Cage is going to leave Team Taz. Is yes. really what they're going for here. There's no breakup here, Ted. Brian yeah, Cage yeah. is bouncing, which he should, because he screams main event star. Yeah, I see Brian Cage, especially after that um, the cinematic match that they have. He looked like such a movie villain in that in that yeah. match that I was like, this guy should be alone. Like he's a star. He looks like a star. He's, he's got the bill for it. I, I wouldn't be opposed to him going solo and doing his thing to the main event. Uh, we got a super chat from Chris Panaleo says, poor Moxley doesn't have a faction. He's like the last kid to get picked at dodgeball in school. But <laughs> you know something It works. It makes sense that he's a lone wolf. Sure. He should be that way. And he's paired up technically with his old yeah. compadre who's now injured, but which makes sense too, right? Two old drinking buddies are, are, are kind of partnered together again until he hurt his leg and broke his leg or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, he should be that way though. He shouldn't be in any of these gangs. Gangs. <laughs> <laughs> Game rules. Um, we get the backstage segment with the Pinnacle and MJF. So this is great. MJF is giving a gift to the Pinnacle. He got an interior decorator to redesign the room. So he's showing him all these swatches. And then he goes to open the bathroom. And there is the inner circle or parts of it. He tries to run. And then uh, Jake Hager is in one of the other rooms. And so this leads to a huge brawl, completely dominated by the inner circle. Sammy Guevara slams the door on Spears' <laughs> head. Uh, Hager puts Wardlow through a massage table. Uh, Cash Wheeler is knocked into an ice bath. Jericho puts MJF's face in a toilet. And MJF, like, coughs up the water. Disgusting. Puts his face through a Pepsi cooler. And then they put their logo on the inner circle locker room saying that this is their locker room to reclaim. What did you guys think about this? This was a good beatdown, but unfortunately, way too soon. There is no way on God's green earth Pinnacle should be getting beat down at all just yet. Um, at least in my opinion. It's way too soon, way too early. They just finally, last week's episode of their in-ring promo segment, appeared like a main event stable, right? Ready to take over the wrestling world. What 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 havoc is this collection of great talents going to cause now together, right? So this this week, we should have seen this faction just killing people or continue on with that backstage segment of MJF show and them all the stuff he got for that. Fine. But it should never have gotten even remotely close to any physicality yet with Jericho's group, let alone 
giving giving us all the payoff. We already got our payoff. It happened tonight. The payoff meaning rooting for the baby faces who had some sympathy on them finally, being the inner circle, and they couldn't at least wait two weeks to pay it off. Are you shitting me? This is super lazy book, not lazy booking. I don't even know what kind of booking you want to call this, but it pisses me. It bo- this bothered me a lot. This is my two favorite groups. Many of them within those two groups are like my like four of them, are like my top ten favorite wrestlers there. Um, so I was really pissed to see this happen because MJ's MJF's group did not. This did not need to happen yet. This was light years away from happening. It didn't just happen. It wasn't like a schmoz, guys. It wasn't them going back and forth. MJF's group got their asses handed to them tonight. Yes. Definitively. So what else is there left? Right. Where's the pay? There's no more payoff anymore. And you jabroned your new tops heel stable in the process. <laughs> this was seriously, this was stupid booking. I'm very bothered by it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I was thinking, why didn't they do that after they re- remodeled the room? <laughs> like, I think it would have been even better revenge for them to have the room all done and then the inner circle reclaims it. That would have been smarter, especially coming from Jericho. That being said, I had a great appreciation to see the inner circle get a little bit of an edge back because they were starting to feel too much comedy for me. And I, I needed to see them go back to being like, badasses you know they haven't been seen that way in quite some time so and they were getting a lot of losses so it was good to see a little bit of edge but i didn't need to see all of that if it would have been like like matt said maybe in a couple of weeks maybe it would have been better but yeah the pinnacle just felt like such a big deal two weeks ago and now yeah. that you feel like part of the bunch this is a two-prong for me in that like on entertainment value alone this was very fun to watch i very much enjoyed this segment but i'm 100 with matt in that it's like when this was over i was like wait so now what does the pinnacle do because not only did they just debut and they kind of got buried entirely we got the payoff we got one payoff after another where everybody got a big spot done to them this is what should have happened in whatever blood and guts match they have planned whatever stadium stampede they have planned down the road that's what this reminded me of and it happened on a free tv show two weeks into the new Heel stable, so yes, absolutely, and not even in the ring, not even in a in a match setting, right? They just did it all completely, full payoff. Yeah, bought and paid for right in front of our eyes a week, two weeks after. You know, we're supposed to start feeling sympathy for Jericho and his group. You got to remember, Issa. It's hard to feel sympathy for Chris Jericho. His other group members, yes, especially uh, Sammy Guevara, who screams babyface. But for Chris Jericho, who's been such an amazing heel all year long, the last whoever how long they've been open for business, AEW, I should say, since he got there, he's a top, he's been the top heel for God knows how long. Now it's one of them, mm-hmm. if not him or MJF. So for him to get sympathy on him is not easy. And they should have continued down that path. Um and I know what you're saying. You're saying, like, oh, you don't want him to continue to get punked out. Um you don't. You have them do what they did to uh, MJF's group tonight with fucking 50 of the other guys on the roster that were sitting there backstage eating catering. That's what you do. You have them take five nobodies and just beat the snot out of them, trying to get their hands or trying to get to MJF's group, but they don't ever get there. This was lazy, lazy booking. I mean, seriously, yeah. I can't even call it lazy. I don't know what to call it. They can't be not smart enough to realize they just gave us the payoff tonight. They, they can't possibly be that dumb. So I don't know. I, I hope it's something better, but I don't know how MJF and his group's going to get his team back. MJF has had shit on him by being a part of the inner circle that entire run. 
he suffered the most. He didn't get any rub out of that for being mm -hmm. with Chris. He got destroyed and got hurt because he was the only serious heel on that show. Night in, night out, every single episode that you could count on to cut a world beater promo and, and have hatred surround him and have everybody hate him as a heel. Didn't matter what the segment was. He blew all of that when they put him with the inner circle. They put him in grab ass segments, stupid ha ha crap. So they finally start to got, get that funk off of him and get old MJF back. We couldn't even give him two weeks before then you clipped his nuts again. That's so, you know, ugh, it blows my mind. It really yeah, does. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I was really pissed off by this segment. Yeah, I mean, the only answer really is to get their heat back by having them beat down the inner circle. But we saw that when we saw that's how they launched this group. So really, they'd be taking steps but, backwards to kind of retell the same story. But here's what we can't unsee, you guys. Yeah, We yeah. have never seen MJF's group take an ass whipping yet. We shouldn't have seen it. Now we've seen it. I've seen it. You've seen it. So guess what? I have flashbacks of old Sean Spears doing the job to random people. I have flashbacks of um, what's the tag team? group Dax and Axe, whatever the fuck their yeah. names are being back in wwe and being mistreated okay and being treated like jobbers and then mjf being thrown in the inner circle and doing stupid backstage segments he's too good to be doing because he's a main event heel talent that's yeah. to be treated no less and warlow gets some on him in the in, in, in on this as well it, seriously this really bothered me because i we, we can't now unsee that ass whipping they just took this is how you write people off TV. A lot of things that happen, like shut yes. door slammed on his head. That's what you should do be done. Should be out now. Yes. the toilet. It's like if somebody's leaving the territory, you want to embarrass them. That's what you do. So this is very emphatic. Yeah, I, I don't know what to call that for booking. I can't say lazy. I don't know what the word is, but it's you know what I mean. They're gonna probably book some kind of crazy match just for for it to culminate. Because if this is the first beatdown, they're going to have to do like a crazy gimmick in order for it to look like or to help then, us forget. But then that's the same thing as like when they taught me how to cut a promo, right? I used to scream the whole fucking time. You want to see me wrestle tonight? Because I'm big and I'm tall. I'm big and tall people yelling, screaming, flexing muscles while I'm yelling into the microphone. Wait, why am I yelling? Because I think I'm supposed to be yelling. You don't want me to yell? Oh, tell a story. Bring people up and down with, okay, I'll try that. All right. Um, same thing with storytelling in these angles. So because they gave us this, how the hell are they going to top this? They're going to, what are they going to choke slam Sammy Guevara off the top of the Empire State Building? Like, what are they going to do? Well, I want to see you. Like it's all here. <laughs> it's all up here now. It's all up here is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris Wendt disagrees. He says this was the best return beatdown I've seen in the past five years. Inner circle. Oh my God! I, I listen. Is it possible? Is it possible for me to take away people's rights, whatever you want to call it, or opportunities to give rise money on this show with terribly <laughs> dumb comments like that? Five years. What wrestling have you been watching? Well, that's, that's why I saved the nice tweet for the second time, or the super chat for the second one. Don't have a question at the moment. Just want to say I love the show and wishing your families a happy Easter. Okay, that's hey, what you that's what baby says. <laughs> God, I love Matt. Uh, so we get hey. to our next segment. 
Uh, after this, we get another backstage segment. It's the Young Bucks and Don Callis. So this is the Young Bucks saying they don't want to air their dirty laundry, but Don Callis crashes a segment. He wants words with Matt Jackson, so he's just kind of provoking him, saying, what happened to you? Uh, you're not going to do anything. You're so dead inside. You don't feel anything for the people who love you. He strangled uh, uh, Callis, Matt Jackson did, and uh, but then he holds back. He doesn't do anything, and Callis calls him pathetic. Dude, Callis slapped him clear yeah, across the face. Yes, right, right across before. Face, very hard. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where they're going with this. I don't, but hopefully they're going somewhere with it. Yeah. It feels like that's a story they've been telling for a couple of weeks, right? Like, what happened to the yes. Young Bucks? Like, what Very happened well, to, yeah. your, to your, you know, swag or whatever? So, yeah, I don't yes. know where they'll go with it, but that was, that was a good slap. I saw it, too. I was like, oh, he slapped the shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> he was selling it later on in the night. He said, when he came out later on, he was selling it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree, though. The Young Bucks were such a big deal, and now they don't feel like they have that edge anymore. So I, I'm glad that people are calling them out. Let's see if they get it back. Yeah, and so we got a super chat saying that the War Games match will make it worth it. Let's hope so. Let's hope they have something big planned. <laughs> I will say about these segments, these guys, those yeah. of you in the chat room, let me be clear. I, there's no way you could take this 20 pounds of shit and gift wrap it for me. I'm not going to open it on Christmas Day. It's still shit, okay? There's no way you could convince me that this new super heel stable that we were all calling, and not just on this show, you all in the chat room, calling this the next four horsemen. Don't they remind you of the four horsemen? They even got Tully. Oh, my God. And the next week, they're getting their asses handed to them? Guys, you cannot explain that away to me. I'm a bigger AEW mark than all of you combined. So don't say I'm hating on them. I'm speaking very, very true facts right now. This should not have happened. And you cannot explain this away. Unless I take it back. I take it back. Unless all five get murdered in the storyline. Because that's the only way to up this. That's the only way to up the ante from what we just saw tonight. Dude almost got drowned in a toilet. Dude went flying through a Pepsi machine. Uh, Sean Spears broke his neck. There's no way he didn't break his neck on that. Um door in the, you know, neck in the door. It's just way too much. Way too much. You shouldn't have got their hands on them, guys. Well, Tony Khan, so, you know what to do up the ante. We've got murder coming up on EWTV. Hopefully we know, not hopefully. How <laughs> <laughs> come wrestling has never done that, by the way? Murder storyline? I know it sounds corny, right? But still, like, we've seen some really crazy stuff in pro wrestling. We saw a hand yeah. be burst. They tried to do a murder storyline with Vince McMahon when he blew up in the limo. That was going to be him dead. And there yeah, was no. But then Chris Benoit died like immediately after that. So they completely dropped it. No, I mean, Randy did burn the fiend. I mean, that <laughs> looks like murder at the moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Back then, Good it ball. felt like murder. Yeah, I know. No, that's I don't up, know. No, I don't that's know. up there. No, a lot of people say the fiend was murdered, but up, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> yes, murder and pro wrestling. Um, so then we get the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega versus uh, the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. Uh, just as you expect, a lot of action. Double teams, triple teams, very wild. I really like this. Uh, there's a, one spot where Phoenix took a high boot, and I think he did this on purpose just technically, but he landed right on top of his head. It looked pretty scary, but he was just yeah. fine. Um, it comes down he to Laredo take, he tried. He was trying to take a flip bump from it yes. and, and got stuck. Right on his yeah, I was. God terrified. bless him. He is. Yeah. God bless him for wanting to take that. I would have loved that if I threw a big boot. And the dude said he wanted to take that bump. AJ used to take that bump. Yeah. Where they do like a backflip out of it. Right, right. 
Um, it, the finish came down to Laredo Kid and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega wins with a one wing and Angel, and then Moxley comes out with the Young Bucks. This is where Matt Jackson selling that slap, uh, and then Omega and, and his goons run off uh, when they come to the ring. So we're still teasing this dissension between the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, but no physicality yet between these two. Because Nor long time, be. yeah, long time storytelling. What they're not doing with the inner circle and yeah. the pinnacle, they're doing it here. So we get a super chat off topic. Jack Collins, of course, off topic. I'm glad NXT going Tuesdays. I'm a big AEW fan, so I didn't watch NXT. Screw that headache. Two shows at once. Now I can check NXT out. Amen. Yeah, that was a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Jack's. Con- Jack's Collins just randomly checked in on me the other day. He said, "Hey, Matt, hope you and your family are having a good week." Just literally out of left field. He's a good friend of the show. Thank you, Jack. He's a real friend, right? Get uh, Nyla Rose and the Bunny versus Akaro Shida and Tay Conti. Uh, so they're having a match. Uh, the brawl breaks out on the outside because we've got the Hardy um, HFO. What is it? The Hardy family office and the Dark yes. Order are brawling on the outside. Uh, Vicky Guerrero distracts the referee, uh, which leads to the Bunny hitting Tay Conti with a kendo stick yeah. and then a rabbit hole on Tay Conti for the win. And so the Bunny in her kind of her return because she doesn't do a lot of wrestling on AEW Dynamite, but I thought she looked good in this match and she got the win. Which is a shame because she's she's improved her wrestling tremendously um when she was at impact. She she improved a lot toward the end there. Um let me ask you guys a question. Are you cool like with her being called the bunny? Like do, do like I still don't understand why she's called the bunny. Yeah, they never, yeah. <laughs> they never really explained it. I mean, that's her name, so if that's what she wants to be called, that's fine. I'm so like, I annoy my wife with this. I'm incredibly over analytical, like super over analytical on the dumbest, like smallest, most minute stuff. And like, maybe this is an example of it. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you guys. Yeah, I've never really had a problem with it. The only thing is, is like the butcher and the blade just sounds so extreme and hardcore and violent. And then it's like, and the bunny! Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't really, like, she should be like a jackrabbit or something like that. Something more violent. <laughs> is a jackrabbit violent? I mean, it sounds more violent. It's just, I, it wow. just sounds better than the bunny is more yeah. of a, it no, doesn't call fit her a butcher and blade. Call her a jackrabbit. You think of a, you think of a playful <laughs> animal. Right, Why should we call her Jack Rabbit? He said, what's wrong with that? Listen, I'm not going to get into that. We're not going to get the money. Hey, Chris Bellano, uh, about murder and wrestling. Rom murders me on Mondays. Does that count? Well, you're still with us. You still give us money. So. <laughs> well played, Chris Bellano. Very good job. Oh, uh, we got one from Terrence. Get, hey, guy, hey, can, I, can I just say something real quick? Sure, humble please, brag? please. Guess please. who Monday Night Raw doesn't kill anymore? This guy. <laughs> Why? Wow, I watch it. it. You're done with wow. it. <laughs> I ain't watching no more. <laughs> Terrence went in and said, I get tired of every other segment ending in a brawl like AEW. Get better ideas. Okay. Yes. But what sucks is, is what I was saying earlier. When you do everything up here the whole time. Right. When you need to get up here, it doesn't mean anything. Right, just like if you're down here the whole time, right, and very, very quiet and whispering in your promos and whatnot. If everybody talked like this every single time, it wouldn't mean anything. That's why you've got to do this: the roller coaster ride. You're supposed to be taking fans on, whether verbally on a promo or in your booking of the show, even. And because there are all these schmazes, he's right, and I know what he's saying. But there's some some of these that have to be schmazes that have to end that way. 
and it sucks because I'm like, oh, this is just going to be an afterthought because the last three segments ended the same way. So fans are probably going to crap on it. But technically, this was the right way to end that segment for this one storyline. But the previous two to three storylines, I didn't think they needed to do that. And therefore, they took away from the segments that they do need to end in those schmazes sometimes. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we have a super chat from Nightmare Knee. Nightmare Knee. I love, love, love oh AEW, but I have been disappointed by the booking lately. Thank you for skipping my first super chat, Nancy. I don't believe I skipped it. We're all caught up, uh, Nightmare Knee, but if I did, I apologize. You can put what you were going to say so, there, and I'll, I'll put it up there. And just so you guys know, like, they don't purposely, like, Glenn gets accused of that all the time. Like, oh, you skipped my super chat on purpose. Like, guys, Raj is like big brother. I have a feeling Raj has cameras in all their homes <laughs> to make sure they don't miss your super chats. Because Raj is after every single dollar you guys give to the show. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so they have a lot of pressure on them not to miss your super chat. <laughs> well, thank you. Please uh, let us know when we do. Uh, uh, Amin Jasmine, I'm sorry, Amin Jasim, the pinnacle beatdown was very nuanced storytelling. What do you think about that, Matt? Yeah. You know what I think. I'm not going <laughs> to go off on another 20-minute dissertation. I know that was terrible storytelling. Horrible storytelling. Do you want to know where that was nuanced? Nuanced storyline uh, story telling, my friend, is if five out of five of those members have gotten injured and they had to figure a way to write them out of the show tonight. That is the only way yeah. that made sense tonight. You don't give the payoff a week later. And then we get Jax Callens turning me babyface. Yo, give it up for Alfred driving the train tonight, doing a killer job. Thank you, Jax Callens. I appreciate your uh, support. So we go to the Jurassic Express is backstage, and they're challenging Bear Country to a match next week. Uh, it ends I, when Marco Stunt shows off a new tattoo of King Kong. And Luchasaurus is pissed. <laughs> Just you saying that is hilarious. <laughs> it is. The whole segment itself was actually quite funny. It was funny. Yeah. It really I came knew. out of nowhere, but it was very funny. Uh, it was. To the main event, Arcade Anarchy, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor versus Miro and Kip Sabian. So we get a lot of plunder, a lot of hardcore spots. Uh, instead of thumbtacks, we have Legos in the ring. Uh, so there's a couple of Lego spots. Uh, one big surprise, or at least the first big surprise of this match, was Chris Statlander returning out of nowhere, putting Penelope Ford through a table. Uh, then, my favorite surprise, I had no idea how much I missed this woman, but as they're brawling to the outside, up pulls a van, and Sue is there with Trent. I was happier to see Tr Sue than I was to see Trent. I thought this was very funny. And then Trent comes out, and he just kind of runs wild. He looks great. He's back to being shredded. He's back much earlier than I thought he was going to be. Uh, he spears Miro through a table, leading to a running power slam by Taylor on uh, Kip Sabian through a stage. And uh, Chuck Taylor gets the pin. He gets the win. And uh, the Arcade Anarchy is won by the best friends who reunite in the center of the ring, giving the people what uh, they got. No. This is not what the people want. Just because the, the announcer yells it, got to give the people what they want. I yell at my TV, but I don't want that. Um, and, and, and this was terrible. This was, like, dude, he, first of all, the stipulation was ridiculous, right? This arcade anarchy to begin with. They're fighting over video games. I just want to repeat to those at home. Over video games. This what started this fight, okay? Um, you have a definite perennial main eventer. How about this one? 
put a, a potential perennial heavyweight champion. I'd even give it to him as, um, in uh, what's his name in AEW now? Miro. 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 Sorry, Miro. Um, and this is what they're still doing with him. So I'm grateful this gets him the hell out of this and done with for good. That I hope that is what happens. I pray that's what happens. But there is no setting at all that you can give me that I would ever think that those two ever could beat these two just simply because of Miro. Um, and regardless, Miro did not take the pin, correct? Yes, he did not take the pin. He looked good in this match. They really protected him as a monster for a long time. Yeah, he was just he running wild. You're, you're correct. They did. But um, I, I don't know. Look, I don't want to keep crapping on it because just, this, this wasn't my thing. I didn't like this match. Before we go to you, Issa, I want to say that Matt got somebody to print a retraction. Amin Jasim says, LOL, I was just joking. It was horrible storytelling. <laughs> I love AEW, but they really need to learn how to let things simmer. And I agree. Yeah, I agree as well. S simmer. Like, brother, they simmer, simmer. Simmer would be a month, maybe, maybe three weeks. Like, we saw the caboodle. There's nowhere to go from here as far as if we felt sympathy for those baby faces that just got embarrassed and laid out in the inner circle, we were giving a whopping one week to feel sympathy for them. And one week later, guess what? Before we could develop that sympathy for them, they already struck. They're back. Yeah. And they owned all five other members. I don't know. How did you enjoy this match, Issa? So the main event, I think I tweeted as soon as he came out, looking like a million dollars, I tweeted, Miro needs to be kicking ass. He doesn't need to be involved in this. That was yes. my tweet tonight. Um, he looks the part, and I, I hate that he's involved in this. I hated it since the beginning. I felt the match was a nice surprise. He had a couple of enjoyable spots. I just really want him yes. out of this story and so, to move on to something else. I did like he, seeing Sue, which I was telling you. I Issa, so 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 the only reason I don't mean to cut you off, I, I don't want to forget to bring this up. So there's a saying that that Jim Cornette used to teach they used to say to us in Ohio Valley Wrestling. And, and it's about not getting getting any on you. So like when I got to TNA Impact, for example, and I was Jimmy's bodyguard, right? There was some terrible written show once. And I remember going, so are we on tonight? And he's like, no, trust me. Count. I'm like, what do you mean? I get paid per show at the time. That's how my deal worked. I was being paid per show. I wasn't under contract just yet with them. Still proving myself. And um, he's like, no, this is one of those deals, Matt, where you, we don't want to get any on us. Trust me. <laughs> and I watched the show, and the show was rotten. And so what you're saying right there with, with Miro is that's an example right there of what happens when you get some on you. Mm -hmm. And you, even though you didn't do anything weird or wrong or whatever in that match or that even storyline for that matter, just because you're a part of it, you now have that funk on you. You have that stank on you and it's part of you now. So like, I, I'm just, again, I do prayful that to get him out of this and he just does, goes on an ass kicking, just collision course. I really, really would have loved to see him. Well, I don't know anymore after tonight, but I really was rooting for him to be part of the pinnacle instead of Sean Spears. No, oh, my God. Hell yeah. I, he would have been such a good choice. For oh, great muscle. Great muscle. Yeah. He would have been great Batista. But, we should but say I will that. say, would I know, I know. with Wardlow already there, doesn't that kind of scoop what Wardlow's there for as a muscle? Ooh. So we need two muscles in one group? Okay. 
No, because oh. Mira would have not gone through a table like Wardlow did tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, has a super chat. Raj does a money in the bank run in for super chats. I could see him. Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't miss. Uh, Brett Murphy says, Justice for Miro, I'm so pissed off. That was Agreed, weird. Brett. I thought we were going to get the breakup storyline tonight. I thought uh, it was going to be Kip loses, and then Miro gets pissed and beats him down. I'm sure that's where it's building, but uh, the fact that he just kind of ushered that off and made the best friends reunion uh, the story, which, again, I guess that is a bigger story now that Trent is back, but uh, hopefully they've got something planned for Miro. It does look like yeah, they're Yeah, and tonight was a little bit loaded. Like, tonight's show was action-packed, so maybe they just want to save it for a different week. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I just really want to see... Miro get what I wanted to see him get in WWE and he never got as soon as he debuted on AEW I was so excited for him and it just feels like he's just being stuck in this story and you know I get it maybe you don't want Omega to lose anytime soon but the TNT title is still there and I think a feud between him and Darby will be a lot of fun I'm just saying like there's so much for him to do than this no, absolutely. I mean, that would be a great feud with him and Darby. I mean, whenever Darby is ready to lose that title, because I really don't think Darby needs that TNT title. He's one of those guys who's kind of established. He's on his way. He's very young, but he's one of the more popular stars in AEW. And I think somebody like Miro to kind of reestablish him could really uh, benefit for that title. But on this show, like you said, it was action-packed. And I think that was kind of the problem because there were a lot of segments that were just back to back to back to back and they just had to rush out. And it reminded me of like what TNA used to do when they would just go from one segment to the other and just like run to the back. Um, mm-hmm. we've got a couple of super chats here. Justin Lopez, you have eight weeks left till double or nothing. Jesus, inner circle should have returned by the end of April. During that time, Pinnacle could be dominating. Completely yeah, agreed. 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 And, and yeah, even I, then, you, and then even then, you guys, I still would not put the inner circle over on the Pinnacle. I, I, I just no. wouldn't. No, I will still let them get beat down one more time. Or a couple of more times. Let them to, to get that yes. sympathy. Let them get beat down like a lot. <laughs> they were off TV, come back and get beat down again. Like that's the way that yes. it should have gone. They have enough TV equity where they could have done that and they wouldn't have been hurt by it. They've been on TV mm-hmm. for so long now, especially Chris Jericho. He's such a big star. He can take it. He's that big of a deal, you know? Got more feedback for the main event. Uh, Nathan- Nathaniel Cook. Love AEW, but their decision for main events are terrible, almost as worse as this year's Mania buildup. Would you guys say that AEW's booking is worse than WrestleMania buildup? So he's not he's not wrong. I mean, think about it. Should this have been the main event? Like, no, this shouldn't have been the main event. So what would you I, I almost well, what would you put in its place though? I'm trying to think back. The opening Christian, match. Christian yeah, and Christian would have been a great main event. Okay. I would have swapped them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, it's Chris Cage's first match right there. That's mm-hmm. how you build it. Yeah. I agree. I agree that that would have been a good spot for the main event. Uh, you start the show off hot, knowing how that match went down, and then just knowing the match that Christian had with Frankie Kazarian, that would have been a very satisfying main event, I think. But they'll say hindsight's twenty twenty. We didn't yeah, know it would have been an A++-style match like that. I don't know. I don't know. But anything was better than an arcade match. Like, I'm sorry. So that was your show in terms of AEW. Uh, what did you guys think about the show as a whole? I'm a huge mark for this. I admit it. I, I'm a, I, I am a homer when it comes to judging them. I tell the fans before and after the show. So you should probably take a point off off of everything I give them because I love this show. I love the characters on it. I love the talent of it. I love, generally speaking, their vision uh, of wanting to try new things. So... These are, and plus, they're the new company in town, right? They're the new David taking on Goliath. And uh, they're our best chance to have WWE change their ways one day. 
you know, my opinion. And we need them to stick this time. So, um, so I want to say that's why I'm always a homer for that, right? Uh, that said, at a scale of one to ten, is that what we're doing? Yeah, sure. Is seven and a half, which is very low for me. I usually don't go below eight, eight and a half for them, but seven and a half tonight. Isa? Yeah, I'm, I'm right around there, seven and a half. I thought there was a lot of good in-ring action. I loved a lot of the backstage segments tonight. I didn't think they were going to put such a loaded show competing with a go-home show for NXT, so I give them props for still putting quality television and not getting a little bit lazy because, you know, NXT was going to also bring their best to the table tonight. Yes. Seven and a half. What do you think, though, about that other match that could have been in the main event slot, or am I wrong? Um, what was the second and the last match? Uh, the six man oh, tag the team match, the trio match, well, yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 that could have been a main event, yeah, too, yeah. But considering nothing really happened, that the heels just ran off, and that would have been kind of a flat ending. But uh, that, in terms of wise, yeah, very good. So we go to NXT. So NXT, one of the last NXTs on Wednesday night, cherishes it could be like an NFT. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with NFT, but it could be something like that. Oh no. my god, <laughs> every NXT on March thirty first. We get Roderick Strong versus Cameron Grimes in the opening match. Uh, Grimes comes out. He's got a new T-shirt. He's still trying to get intellectual property, the Undisputed Era, but this time he wants it to be called Grimes the System instead of Shock the System. We even get a voiceover for Grimes the System. Uh, and so they have their match. Good match. Pretty explosive. Uh, Cameron has a foreign object that he tries to introduce, but Roderick Strong stops it. He steals the foreign object, but while he has the object, he gets double stomped. He loses, and he's very frustrated. What did you guys think about this? Lisa, go ahead. I, I watched it on and off. I think AEW started a little bit stronger, and it was it, it had my attention more watching Christian match. Um, I really, I, I'm very entertained by Grimes and his little gimmick that he has going on. He's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Rather, it's strong, feels so left out of this undisputed era mess that's going on. It feels like he's just ado- waiting to see who wins and get adopted by that person. Like, I feel he should be a little <laughs> more involved. <laughs> he should be a little more involved in that, right? Like, he just feels like, okay, I'm just going to hang out over here and not get involved in that. Um, but I get it. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole have, some, have a bigger story to tell. But it just yes. feels like he just completely went away from that. And it just feels weird to me because the undisputed era was such a solid unit. You would think they would all be involved. But this is proof that not just him. Um, who's the other member? Bobby uh, Fish. Mm-hmm. Bobby Fish. And, and Bobby Fish. I've seen a person. He, he's bigger in person than what he looks like on TV, by the way. Um, I, I just, that's, like, they should be doing something. Even though they're scheduled for a singles match, that's not really a, a storyline mover, let's say. That's your chance to shine, though. That's when you should be trying to prove to the office. You don't need to be part of some clique. You don't need to be part of some uh, group or faction that you could stand on your own, and you're your own single star. Like that's, that's your chance to try a pair of new trunks or a new look. Or, or I know you can't change it too drastically because they're still somewhat in that group, right, technically, mm-hmm. storyline-wise. But I don't know. Like the, I, I'd be – maybe wrestling different i'd be trying to do something very different to let one writer at least back there get a glance at it and go huh we thought this dude was like the fourth place out of all four members but huh maybe he, we should try this new character with him instead you know because now you're right you say he's just i took it the same way that he's just waiting to see who to be adopted by that's a really good way to put it it's funny <laughs> yeah. but it's true mm-hmm. yeah 
And they're definitely – they've got something planned for Roderick Strong. I think he might – interfere in the main event or something like that because uh, we'll just get to it now later on in the night Roderick Strong quits uh, he at least tells Mackenzie Mitchell that he's done and he walks off mm-hmm. so something I hope going so. on I hope it's not just him in black or red trunks again yeah. and not really do like look what happened for Johnny Gargano when Johnny Gargano really hit it in my opinion was something I didn't see coming is when he changed his entire no more babyface crap I'm gonna be a heel I'm gonna be a funny yet dicky heel a chicken shit heel when I need to be like his character's entertaining as hell. He changed it completely. Yeah. Like, that's what this is going to take. Because a lot of time, these baby faces get labeled as vanilla. Super boring, super vanilla, great in-ring technicians. No question about it. But I, as a fan, don't watch for that. I, as a fan, watch for to be entertained by your character, first and mm-hmm. foremost. Followed by, can you wrestle as your character in the ring? And is your character when you're wrestling different than what the other wrestlers wrestle like? Right. And that's a, that's a beautiful example because I used to not be into Johnny Gargano at all. And lately after Same this here. last transformation, Same I'm here. like, okay, this dude is, he's kind of a jerk. And I'm, I'm always here for jerks first of all. So, but yes. yeah, it was as soon as he transformed, like, because he's so, not, not not to pick on size, but he's so small that he has to present himself as larger than life, and he's doing that now. Back in the day, it's like, okay, he can wrestle, but he's going to lose. And I just I couldn't, it, yes. was, it just felt like the same guy showing up at every takeover, putting the same match against generic. different opponents. Mm-hmm. Very, gen- very generic with a great moveset, but just generic looking. Yeah. Like, you never got my eyes like to pay too close attention to what he was doing. And he wrestled some crazy matches yeah. versus his old partner at the, the, these main events of some of these uh, takeovers. But even with that, I always thought his partner was a much bigger star. Um, yeah. Come on. Do it with the beard. This match alone between Cameron Grimes and Roderick Strong was a great contrast between the difference between a great sports entertainer and a great pro wrestler. Like, Roderick Strong is an excellent pro wrestler, and his fan base are going to be people who love wrestling, who already watch it, who are already there. But Cameron Grimes is the type of character who's going to get maybe somebody outside. He's funny. He does entertaining stuff. And at the same time, he's a great worker, too. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, he's a great worker, is, is correct. Uh, I remember him in the TNA cruiserweight division. He was amazing to watch, yeah. athletically speaking. But I guarantee you, if you were to ask the office, which of those two talents they see as being a bigger star, I guarantee you it's Grimes because yeah. of the character. You can tell with all the stuff they do with him that they, they've got stuff invested in him. Grimes the system. They could have done better rich. than that, though. It could have been like, rich. Grimes the system's rich, a little yeah. lazy. I don't blame him for that. I don't blame him for that. No, yeah, no, I'm not blaming Grimes. Yeah, I'm saying that he deserves better than something. But um, Karrion Cross, we get the backstage of vignettes between. So they do them for both Karrion Cross and Finn Balor. So it's basically kind of MMA style where they show Karrion Cross training. Um, he's saying that he's training to create maximum damage. And then, um, you know, uh, Scarlet ta- speaks in, I don't know if it's tongues, but she speaks in a different language. Um, basically saying that time is ticking or uh, the gimmick they have. And then we get the same kind of segment from Finn Balor training to hurt Karrion Cross. What did you guys think of these two segments? Badass. I like that package of, of yeah. both Karrion and his wife. I think they're frigging uh, just a great act. Great act. Yeah, yeah. I love, I loved, actually, I think NXT hit home runs tonight with their with their vignettes. The one that they did for Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly was amazing. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. Prime target. Yeah. And this one with Karrion Cross and Scarlett was, I mean, come on, you can just put a camera there and they could just be standing there and they're going to come off as stars. Like they literally don't have to do anything. So adding the training and the promos, it's just, I, I hope they, I hope he wins. 
Yeah, this is NXT does this better than any, I think any wrestling company, really. Anybody who does wrestling, NXT is very good at taking that MMA element and boiling down as if they're going to have a real fight. And they do it in a yeah. way that's like, he's training to create damage. So now you look at it in the vein of a pro wrestling match. Why would he be doing all this training? So it really legitimizes pro wrestling in general. So I love when they do stuff like this. Yep. Yeah, I agree. We get the announcement that NXT is moving to Tuesday. So they show the Vanity Fair article and talk about that. Uh, then we get Santos Escobar versus Tyler Breeze. Uh, Escobar cuts a promo saying that he's caked in 100 years of tradition. He's an emperor of Lucha Libre. It looks like it's going to be his new nickname. So they have like a back and forth match because Tyler Breeze answered his open challenge. That's a pretty good match. Yep. Uh, Santos wins with his move, Phantom Driver. MSK chases off Legato Del Fantasma. Then we get a promo from the Grizzled Young Vets saying they're going to win the tag team titles. So kind of setting up that three-way tag team match. So can I just say everybody in this segment I love. Mm-hmm. Like as far as work goes, I love all of their work, and uh, this was good. I liked I liked watching this, but this is one I have to go back and watch again. If I'm being honest, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I I really I, I I cannot wait to see this cruiserweight titles unified because it's so confusing. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm looking forward to them unifying that and having one um, champion. I think that. Yeah. Uh, Santos Escobar is a star. I hope that he, God, yeah. he comes off like a star. He cuts yeah. promos like a star. Like I cannot wait to see what they do with him. And yeah, I, it was a good match overall. But this is a segment that I was probably a little more on the other channel that I was on this one. I, I, you know, admittedly so. Yeah, Santos is top five for me in terms of wrestlers right now in WWE. He's oh, one yeah. of my favorite people to watch. They, he just looks like such a star. Love that. And they guy. gave him such a good name. Santos Escobar is such yeah. a badass name. <laughs> <laughs> You guys remember Eric Escobar? He was like yes. Guerrero's yes, uh, boy yeah. for like two weeks, and then he just disappeared. Dude, he was like a top SmackDown draft pick and everything. They gave yeah. him a pretty decent push. What a throwback. Right Good time. throwback. It was right around the time when Drew McIntyre got that same yeah. push yes, on that time. Yeah. So we get a backstage segment with uh, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell. They're interviewing just saying that they're going to show everybody what real champions look like. Then we get a series. I'm just going to go through what happened with this thing. We get a series of little vignettes before they got a commercial with this little dog. Kind of looks like uh, Issa's dog. <laughs> First of all, my dog will kick that dog's ass for the start there. That's a Pomeranian and my dog is a Yorkie. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you for the correction. We get a little Pomeranian who's nowhere near as tough as Issa's dog. This little thank Frankie you. dog is running around, and we don't know what this is. So throughout the show, it's just dog running around. And the payoff, it runs up to uh, what looks like a woman in uh, high heel boots, and it says, see you April 13th. So any guesses as to what you think this Frankie no. dog is? Oh, I know who that is. See, everybody, who? listen. It's, oh. uh, what? it's Taya, like John Morrison's wife. Yes, 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 I'm a dog person. I know everybody by their dog. Even my neighbors. I don't know their name, but I know their dog's name. As soon as I saw the dog, I was like... I said they spoiled it because if you have dog people that watch wrestling, they know whose dog that yeah, is. Yeah, you're 100 right. Yeah. Yep. The only <laughs> thing they could have done to make this more obvious was by showing her earmuffs. That is the only thing they could have yeah. made more obvious about yeah. this. Yeah, that, that would be like if I post cool. a, a that would be like if I post a trailer on my YouTube and just put Roman. Everybody's gonna be like, okay, that's Isa's dog. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> okay, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. But I'm you excited know what's crazy? That giving her vignettes. When they showed it at first, I did not pick up on it. As soon as you said that, he's, I swear to God, it just all went, came rushing yeah. in. Like, oh, shit, that is her. It yeah. was so funny because I tweeted. I was like, my dog wants to 
fight that little dog. And then I was like, wait, I know that little dog. And then it just took me a little while, but I knew exactly right. who it was. Yeah, Good for right. her for getting hype. You know what I mean? Like she deserves to have all the hype. And I'm glad that they starting her at NXT. Let her build yep. up her character. I'm super yep. hyped for her. Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, I was thinking about all the wrestlers who own little dogs, and I was doing the process of elimination. That's the only one that didn't come to my mind, but now that you say it, it's wow. absolutely tired. For one second, I thought it was Pancake. That's um, Carmela's dog, and I was like, Carmela, back to NXT, because she has a little Pomeranian as well. I'm telling yeah. you, I know everybody's dogs. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you should have a blog about that. You should. That should be a corner. <laughs> Nobody's cornered the dog market in wrestling. That needs to be a thing. <laughs> So uh, then we get, and this is another thing I'm going to kind of run through. Uh, Io Shirai, um, she's in the training room. She's saying, that's why I picked Raquel. This was after she got beat up last week, okay? Uh, and then we'll get to that uh, uh, later. But then we get to Indy and Candice <laughs> versus Gigi and Zeta Ramirez. So these are two new signees. Gigi Dolan is Priscilla Ooh. Kelly. Uh, and then uh, Zeta Ramirez. How do I know that name? How do I know that name, Priscilla Kelly? Well, uh, I'll say this. I mean, she's a very controversial wrestler. She had an incident with a tampon oh. during a wrestling match that went, went very viral. And uh, <laughs> She's the one that did it? Yes, that's her. And she's oh. also Darby Allen's wife. That's where I heard the name then. See that? All right. Yeah. Got it. So Gigi Dolan. Um, and they gave them a lot. Uh, Zeta Ramirez is, I believe her real name is Angela Arnold. She's from Booker T's Wrestling School. So this is mostly a showcase oh. for Indy and Candice. Uh, but they gave them something. Um, and then Indy Harwell gets a pin with the springboard elbow. After the match, uh, Candice and Indy cut the promo saying they're going to win the titles. That brings out Shotzi and Ember Moon, who shoot like a Nerf ball with uh, Shotzi's tank at the Challengers. What did you guys think about this match in the segment after? Okay, so the match was fine. Everything was fine until that. Until that last sentence you said. Coming yeah. out with the stupid tank and the stupid nerf frigging gun. That was so lame. Um, but the match itself was very good. Happy for the two young talents to get a chance to get on TV, be seen. Um, even though it was in an enhancement format, so what? Um, you all started somewhere. Um, I, I think Booker's trainee, though, is going to be good. Um, obviously, so is Darby Allen's wife, obviously, but um, Booker is a really good trainer. Uh, his school has put out some really good studs mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. really well trained. And the reason I say that is because WWE will give you more of an opportunity if you come from a better. So those of you that are watching that, that maybe want to be a wrestler, it's important where you get trained and who you get trained by because you'll have a bigger leg up when you do get that opportunity. Uh, WWE will give you more opportunity because they'll know who you're trained by versus being trained by Joe, the backyard dude down the street that's never made it. You know, you have a better chance to make it. So just for those, we have a lot of people that do uh, want to make it in wrestling one day that are indie wrestlers that watch this show. So, Yeah, a lot of people in the chat are loving the uh, sling blade that AQA, which she used to be known as AQA, but Angela Arnold, uh, a.k.a. Zeta Ramir, uh, delivered in this match, which is very sharp. I actually like that. Very yes. Yep. Yeah, I, I I like the match. I like the segment. I just have to give NXT a little bit of like credit because when they created these tag team titles, I was like, they're not necessarily. But you know what? They made it a point to put tag team, women's tag team wrestling on TV and put on interesting storylines and matches for it. So I have to give them props for that, which yeah. after the Dusty Cup, we did figure it was going to get good because we saw so many good yeah. matches. But listen, they're, they're making an effort to not make it feel like just Lisa. another title. Mm -hmm. Issa, my damn camera. Issa, what, what, 
You don't think there was enough women though? They have so many women on that roster. I think there was enough women. Just I didn't at first. Now I'm a, I'm with it. But at first I didn't think those tag titles were necessary. I would have rather seen another single women's title like they have the North American Championship. I thought it would have been better for them. But I, now because, I like it. I like it. Because you're getting four of them, mm -hmm. four women guaranteed to be on right. versus yeah. just another singles act or storyline, I should say, right? I mean, they're yeah. that they're that freaking loaded, though. They're that loaded with women talent that they, you know what I mean? Hell, yeah, I but I thought they should bring the main roster. Yeah, but I thought then they should have, that Nia Jax and Shayna should have lost the title to the two of them and then keep those titles in NXT instead of creating a whole new title and let Nia, and especially Shayna Baszler, go and be single star because I think Shayna Baszler is a single star. But then you don't you don't help quell the problem of having too many stud women talent on that NXT roster that you're trying no, to no, find. No, no, yeah, because they will have the tag titles. They, they would have just been the regular tag titles instead of creating another one. So I, you're I, not going to the wrong Right, no, I thought that, that his announcement was going to be that the tag titles were just going to be NXT exclusive. Yeah. And then like, that way, but that would have happened only if Nia and Shayna would have dropped them to Raquel and Dakota Kai on the one match that they had. Um, so that way you can just keep them on NXT for a while or let them defend them and, and keep winning and winning. They're, all, they're always on NXT. So that was, that was my point with that. I'd like the, uh, the women's uh, tag team titles, if they were based out of NXT, but not necessarily exclusive to NXT to where yeah. you could, that would give an excuse to bring main roster stars to NXT. I think they do a much mm -hmm. better job booking those titles because those titles, as much as I love Shayna and Nia, those titles yeah. are a freaking joke. They like, don't they even have a match for WrestleMania. And no. they're going to put together some weird four-way match between between half-put-together teams the, because it's, it's – listen, don't even get me started on that, but I'm just saying – the women's NXT tag titles mean more than the Raw ones do. Yeah, one thousand percent. They should be the only tag titles. That's 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 the thing. But yeah, I just I'm I'm glad that they're making it a point to show to showcase these titles on NXT because they do have a stacked women's division, and I'm just happy because I was like, they're just gonna create these titles out of nowhere, and what are they gonna do with them? They proved me wrong. They're every week they're showcasing these women, and I'm here for it. Because they have so many. That are I good. know. I know. So this next segment happened throughout the course of the show, but I'm going to tell you all the things that happened between Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez. So, uh, so the backstage, uh, Raquel's getting ready for a match. She gets jumped by Io. Her and Io start fighting, and then Raquel slams her head on a trunk. So Io's hurt. Raquel goes about her business. They brawl again because Io comes down after Raquel's match, and then Raquel slams Io's head on a plexiglass. So now Io looks like she's done for the night. Backstage, they brawl a third time. This time, Raquel Gonzalez throws Io Shirai through a wall, and she tells her to stay down. After the show, after the main event, Io hits the ring again, and she ends up diving on Raquel Gonzalez, and that's how we go off the air for later. But what did you guys think about the series of Io so, playing cat and mouse with Raquel? So, so for purposes of EO being that underdog baby face never staying down I thought that was really good storytelling actually I usually get pissed when I, when I don't think people are selling enough that there's something big that's been hit and how they're getting up so quick I lost this argument and I would say around seven years ago give or take is when I noticed it more and more in pro wrestling where people are just getting up and kicking out of everybody's thing. So now that I have seven years of being conditioned to, there is no real such thing as a real finish nowadays, seriously. Um, and now I'm aboard, aboard all these great false finishes and everyone kicking out of everybody's shit. 
Um, this was good storytelling uh, of you, you can make the argument. Old Matt would say, holy crap, she got hit with all these big, huge moves by your biggest talent in the company. She, she got thrown through a literal wall. She should not get up from that. But because of where we are, today's pro wrestling landscape, which is people are of super strength and they don't really sell as much anymore. Um, this technically was good storytelling of building throughout the entire seg there of her, your top baby face, not staying down and continuing willing to fight, even though she's going to keep getting her ass kicked. <laughs> Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy, baby face one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a super chat uh, about the tag team titles. MC Carvalho says it was confirmed by PW insider that the women's tag titles will be defended at night two, but night one will be a fatal four way women's contendership match. Uh, yes. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. They're, they're that loaded. You guys with good talents. Yeah. They're that um, loaded. I'm not, you know, yeah. people would just say that to say, "Oh, let's get more women on the show," and it's like, no, it's in, you know, I don't say it. I don't just say it for that reason. I say it because they, it's the most stacked division in Raw, SmackDown, um, NXT, men yeah. or women. I'm dead serious. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So I really like the back and forth between um, Io Shirai and. Raquel, I really am rooting for Raquel, but it's just like yes, Io Shirai is such a beast. Like she keeps proving me wrong every time I think she's gonna drop the title, she retains and puts on a great match. Uh, but I am one thousand percent here for Raquel and their main event in night one. I'm so glad they announced it and they let everybody know that the women are closing NXT Takeover on night one, and they put on the show tonight to make sure that you're invested and want to watch them. So props to them. I'm so excited for this match. Yeah, it's absolutely. A, it, and it delivered it that, that's it feels like a main event act or storyline yeah they've done a good yeah, job and, of, I, yeah. and i love that eo just went up to raquel and said i want you next like that's that made her look so badass mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely 100 percent. from the beginning of this feud it's been eo like wanting to fight raquel and raquel has been about it so that when they put raquel over hopefully when they put raquel over eo it'll be a very quality way not only because eo's been so dominant but because eo is just i mean you saw it tonight she's just this indestructible force who will not yes. take no for answer will not stay down so when raquel gets her to stay down it's going to be a big deal it's going to be a be careful what you wish for kind of storyline here. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. But so, we're getting the best EO. Yeah, we are. Definitely. Which so is good. good because that's what Raquel Neon needs to go beat. Raquel Gonzalez versus Zoe Stark. This is a match she was warming up for earlier. So this was the story of this match was essentially Zoe coming very close to upsetting Raquel Gonzalez. They were kind of teasing this is going to be the upset of the century. They're going to shock the world or whatnot. But Raquel eventually counters a bulldog attempt with her chokes uh, bomb and wins. This is where EO came out afterwards. Uh, but Raquel yeah. Gonzalez beat Zoe Stark. It's her time. Do you, t- Raquel do, you the, do you have the time on that of how long it took? The match? Yeah, by any chance. Yeah. I would say it was like five minutes, not longer than five minutes, maybe five or six minutes. So, mm-hmm. again, we just got done talking about the, this, indest- this indestructible force. She's the giant, uh, if you will, uh, of the women's division, right? She is. Um, why in the hell is she? She just shouldn't be selling for anybody until this main event match at, at TakeOver. There's no yeah. reason for her to give anybody any offense right now, unless it's EO. 
doing stuff to build the match, obviously. But that's I it. love that you brought that up because I kept going back to that uh, last woman standing match I think she had against Rhea Ripley and she yes. ended up winning and she went through everything and she just kept like no selling everything that Rhea threw at her. Why are you selling for this little girl? <laughs> you know, like no offense, but I didn't like it. But listen, um, it's okay. It, it, it wasn't about them. It was about EO coming out and continuing that story so I can look past it, but I didn't like it. I agree with Matt. She shouldn't be selling for anybody. We get backstage with Pete Dunne. So now he's talking to Kushida about how he's the best wrestler in the world and he's going to prove it. Um, he is. Then uh, we get a backstage promo. This is what we were alluding to um, earlier in the show between uh, Cole and O'Reilly. So they just oh tell this God, story about their friendship. I mean, they do a deep dive where they just go back to how they met, uh, Undisputed Era. They're each kind of interviewing from what kind of looks like an interrogation room type style setting. They're just kind of in a... a dark, desolate room, and they're just telling their stories. And they did everything they could to get you excited for this match, and I think they knocked it out of the park, man. Issa, what you, what you, what you were saying about this earlier, you love this, yeah. right? I love this backstage segment. It was, well, actually, it was like a vignette. It was pre-made. I love seeing their story because they've been so involved in the Undisputed Era. Sometimes you forget these two guys go way back, and it was amazing to just see how involved they've been in each other's careers and how they go hand-in-hand hand together. It, it's what makes you so invested into this feud. It was very well done, very well edited, the whole like interrogation room setting, like you said. Yeah. I really appreciated that, and yeah. I appreciated their promo last week. I am so excited for their match. I cannot repeat that enough. I think it's, it's probably the most invested we are all in going into takeover next week. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of this at first, not because both talents aren't amazing. They are. Um, I just will always see one of them way more over than the other. Right. Um, right. It, so I'm kind of constantly trying to watch this. To see, I'm not trying to bury either talent, so I'm not saying which one. You guys can draw the conclusion. Um, you know, but, but oh, let me guess. <laughs> it's, I feel bad because I like both guys. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel, I feel bad about it. You know, because they're because he's trying his ass off. He's mm -hmm. never been really put in a storyline situation to shine by himself. To be fair, yet either. Mm -hmm. I just hope he gets there. I hope he gets there. He's got to turn it up a little bit in this this thing even though he didn't have to turn it up because this was a completely different seg what they ran with him, it still did its job. It made me care a lot more about him in this particular storyline. Um, I just, God dang it. They built Homeboy up so big, though, that I, I just don't see how he, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm proven wrong. Maybe he does lose. I don't know. There could be some kind of involvement. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I don't. I don't see. I don't see. Uh, yeah, I know where you're going with that because I don't see it happening either. We'll see. Right. I don't. <laughs> yeah. He's but they did a very time. good job. So I gotta stop and smell the roses. You give him credit for tonight. Tonight's was good. Yes. They absolutely did. Uh, Stephen Marchusili asks, "Who would you want to see Scarlett work a match with?" Ooh. Oh, oh my God. God. I just forgot her name. The girl at the end that blows the smoke and it's kind of fancy oh. and kind of like, what's her name? Uh, yes, her. Because they're both so mysterious and, and into oh. weird things. I think it okay. will be a fun match. I'll take that. Yeah, because yeah. of the spooky, the, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. gimmick, sci-fi, weird stuff that they both do. Yes. <laughs> you want to be yes. excited for uh, Scarlet versus Alexa Bliss? What about that? Sure. 
Oh, you what mean, you mean NXT? What are they gonna do? Swing in the fucking park? <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna sit on the playground and swing, and whoever can go the highest wins. Whoever goes no. highest, you know, you get Randy Orton to push Lex Wilson. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Here's the thing, though, about Scarlet. Scarlet's character is so intertwined in in uh, um, God. Why am I brain farting so much? Carrying Cross, mm-hmm. like her facials, her body language. It's all if you watch it. She adds so much more than just the garnish, yeah. You know, to 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 the steak, as it were. Right? She adds way more than that. She's constantly, if you watch her in those promos, she's walking around. She's her facials are right at the yeah. right time. Um, she adds so much sting to his bite, in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know what that would look like if she starts then wrestling. My question to you is, what would you think if Paul Bearer started wrestling? Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. he added so much to Taker in his mm-hmm. promos and his segments, and especially the majority of the talking for him. But he was such a part of that character. Like, they were kind of intertwined as one. So, like you said earlier, you said, like, I don't see Karen Cross as the singles guy by himself. And what I see him as this package with her, like the mm-hmm. two for one kind of thing, you know? Yeah, so I, I love know that you that... brought that up too because I didn't, I didn't think he needed her in the beginning because of his looks, right? He's so big and he's so strong. I was like, why do right. they have her with her? And the more that I started watching NXT and appreciating everything that she's adding to him, that I, now I cannot see him without her. So at first it took a while to convince me, and then I was like, oh my god, this girl is like seventy five percent of this spectacle. Like we cannot put she her is. away from yeah. it. She she's is a huge part of that act. Like I couldn't yeah. imagine nope. that act what it would be without Scarlett. Like if she got hurt and she had to go away, he'd have to go away too. To me, mm-hmm. the, dopest, the dopest entrance there is in wrestling. It's yeah. not even debatable. They have the coolest entrance. So Justin Lopez brings up the Andrade interview from this past week. They got people talking. He says Andrade in an interview said he was never meant to win the NXT title. They thought Drew looked too tall next to Cole and went with Andrade instead. Wait, wait, slow so down here. Andre is an interview and said he was never meant to win the NXT title. They thought Drew looked too tall next to oh Adam Cole. Adam, Adam Cole, Cole, yes. Huh. So I, they I, weren't ready for Drew. That means they weren't ready for Drew yet. Yeah, because yeah, they they usually don't care about protecting. That's good though, that yeah. they actually had the, uh, the the thought process to protect Adam Cole's height because that's something I've spoken on before. If they do call him up to Raw and SmackDown, please don't be putting him in the ring with guys and talents that tower. Yeah, that's my It'll fear him. for him. That It'll is my him. biggest fear for him going to the main roster is who you put him against. Like Isa, really kill him. Isa, he's worth it to book mm. around that. He is that damn good. Like, I would yeah. not let him near anybody at all. You don't, there's many other people you can book him with that he could carry out his segment of the show and steal, steal parts of the show and do his thing on mm-hmm. that main roster. Just keep him away from super-duper tall people. Seriously. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And there's enough wrestlers his size on the main roster yes. that he can put some amazing matches against. Right? That's not... Yeah, that's not needed. I just... I. Andrade has been doing a lot of interviews, and then the other day he said he will he will want to have a Drew McIntyre style story to where he comes back and gets to oh. where he wanted to get to. And listen, good for you, but then you need to yes. stop talking crap about the company if your hope yeah. is to come back and make it because he's talking right. a little too much right now. Like I hate when people do that. This tell us after they leave WWE, I just don't it's like them. I don't think it's it's not classy. I don't like it. It's so hard not to, as a guy where it happened to me. It's so hard not to. Right. Especially when, 
like for me, I had my start. My the last appearance I made on WWE was as my stuttering version at the time. So you want to immediately tell everybody, like, hello, first and foremost, I don't stutter. Uh, and, and you want to, you know, get away from that as much as possible. And so they kept asking over and over and over again, what the hell were they thinking? Why would Vince McMahon tell you to stutter? That makes no sense. And so you're like, what do you want me to tell you? Like uh, being interviewed, I'm like, well, what do you want me to say? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know mm-hmm. what to tell you. You yeah. want me to bury them here. I don't, there's no real reason to, I got to live out my childhood dream. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this right now. We're like, yeah, but I I, I get it because a lot of people, it. yeah, a lot of people will want to know. But what happened? And why didn't you say anything? Like it's that easy. It's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> What's been tough about this interview is that like it was an all Spanish language interview, which uh, people have been translating it incorrectly when it gets back uh, to the United States. Like people, oh, yeah. all kinds of things. they had to come out and Charlotte had to issue a statement. Like, no, I'm not pregnant, everybody. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> what? There were things that they had to yeah. put to the crack. So if you wanted to do a tell all. I'm not saying do it in another language, but there needs to be more foundation in pro wrestling where people can correctly translate it so that it can not be lost. It was translated horribly in a couple of websites, and I watched it in Spanish because it was with my dude Hugo. He's the he's the announcer in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I actually literally. love that guy, and I was like, I was like, that's not what he said. But they have there's a bad tendency to bad to horribly translate this. They use Google what? Translate. I was just going to say, it's the easiest language to translate for us yeah. by now. I would hope, good Lord. You know, <laughs> we all learn Spanish. I, I, what in the hell? Like, can the, like, can the companies be held, like, accountable for that? Yeah. For messing it up so bad like that and saying, be. oh, like, that somebody got pregnant when they yeah. really didn't? Yeah. They should yeah. be. That's I'm certified, horrible. I'm certified by the state to translate. So any wrestling websites that want to pay me, I will gladly. There you go. The right way. Get on this wrestling chat room. Get on those websites and tell these people. For real. It, actually, the other day it was so funny because even on Raw, uh, Damian Priest did not translate what Bad Bunny said. What what Damian Priest said was not what Bad Bunny said. And I'm like, what are we doing oh. here? <laughs> did he censor him or did he just miss what he said? He missed it completely. But what oh. Bad Bunny said to the miss in Spanish was, I'm going to break your face, you dumbass. And, and Damian Priest said that he was going to make him his B at WrestleMania. Uh, okay. Like, that is completely different. <laughs> yeah. It is. All right. Well, we get back to the show with Tian Shah. That's the team of Xia Li, Boa, and Mei Ying uh, versus Casey Canzaro and Caden Carter. So this essentially was like a two-on-one match because Mei Ying mm-hmm. just remained in her throne until Caden Carter went to... <laughs> What? Well, a legit queen. She just, yeah, she's there. She just sat there on her throne. I loved it. I don't see Charlotte with a throne. Uh, we saw Caden Carter go to confront Mei Ying, and Mei Ying strangled Caden Carter and blew smoke in her face, made her pass out. Meanwhile, in the ring, Zaya hits a spinning kick and wins the match. What did you guys think? Super intrigued by that character now. Like, very intrigued by it. Yeah. Um, I love that babyface tag team, though. I love Caden. I, I, I love Caden Carter. I think she's. Very, very, uh, I don't know what they're missing with her. Uh, maybe she's the next, 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 next in line. I, I don't know, but I have to hope they know she's a potential big, st- I think she could be a big star. Yeah, she makes you, th- she makes you feel bad for her all the time. She's great at getting sympathy, mm-hmm. she's got a completely different look, she's athletic as hell. It's, it's another example of this damn division is so freaking so good, s- so stacked. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I like the segment. I love the ending of the segment. So intrigued by her. So intrigued by this character and cannot wait to see what else. Oh my God, yes, right? Yeah. It was intense. I loved it too. I was yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> She's like, I used to make fun of this all the time. I used to make fun of it. Yeah. And to Matt's point earlier, can you imagine if this is her debut? She stands on the apron and she goes 50 50 with these women or, or, you know, get tasked to sell for anybody. She's just being promoted as a monster and I love it. I Me do too. too. So uh, we get a, okay, no, so then we get more dog segments, but we went to a promo from Tommaso Ciampa, which I thought was incredible, but I have an issue with this promo. He cuts his long promo about the necklace he was wearing last week that got torn off and how it's a present from his wife and daughter. Uh, so he's pissed off that it got torn off. And then he cuts a promo about how he's going to win the NXT title. We could have used this promo before he got it taken off because I didn't know what the hell this necklace meant. Like, they made a big deal when they took it off last week with Walter. But I didn't know what the significance was. And now we're learning. I, I honestly made it up in my mind that it was Timothy Thatcher's tooth. I thought that's because it was just this, like, kind of shell that he had on his uh, necklace. But he explained what it was now. I love the promo, but I could have used it before it got ripped off his chest. 1,000% agree with everything you just said, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm excited for it, but it just feels like such a... I know they're going to put on a good match, but it just feels so predictable, the outcome here. Yeah. So, Walter's a badass. I love him. Yeah, he's going to kick his ass. You yeah, know it. I'm very much looking forward <laughs> to this. <laughs> it's going to be... These guys are going to be sore after this match. Yeah, for sure. Whoops. You good? Yep. <laughs> we got our main event. It's a Gauntlet Eliminator Battle Royal. This is kind of funny because at the beginning of Wade Barrett's like, it's very simple. And then they have all these words on the screen. It's like, <laughs> Pages, PowerPoint of all the things that I still happen. don't know the rules to this match, by the yeah. way. I'm still confused. <laughs> very confusing. But to their credit, as the match is going on, they did a good job explaining what everything meant. So it was very easy to follow wrestling-wise. Basically, um, so things to know that at the beginning, Source Scott got jumped by Leon Ruff. Austin Theory seemed to eliminate himself. I don't know what happened here. Uh, Kushida and Pete Dunn got in like an arm bar struggle, and they eliminated each other before the final six. So they are not in the final six. Uh, the final six will be uh, Leon Ruff, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and the winner, Matt's guy, L.A. Knight. What did you think about L.A. Knight winning this battle royal? God, he's a... He should have won the battle royal, right? Like, I didn't, like... I can't remember if he lost recently. Didn't he lose a match he recently? Yeah, which pissed me off because it's like you're bringing this guy in, making him such a big deal, and then you make him lose. I'm glad that he won tonight, especially against that many people. Makes him look, you know, a little bit better. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited for this match so, at, at TakeOver. What I said, the only out I will give NXT for booking him to lose that match versus Bronson Reed, um, he being LA Knight, was that if this was like a ego test they used to do it back when i was there I, I don't i didn't i don't know if that's something they still do today where they check your ego really quickly to see if you're you think you're captain over if you think you're too cool for school if you think you're too good to do jobs because you were a big fish in a small pond somewhere else right um that was like tests you have to go you have to go through them and pass them so I, I don't know. Maybe they still do that to this day, and I just don't know it. And maybe that's what that was with that, because otherwise I don't get how he loses that to Bronson Reed and then wins this battle royal this week. I'm just happy as hell he won it, mm-hmm. obviously. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They made him like he is a big deal, and he looks like a million bucks. And he, I didn't like that he lost, but I feel like tonight kind of make up a little bit for it. I like your it's explanation, Matt. And you don't think about the inners of things or why they could be doing that. Um, I I don't think about it that way. So maybe that's what it was. And I hope that from here on now they continue to book him. You know, yeah, better. because he looked well, good was, tonight. He did. 
I will say, I think this kind of sets up. I don't think we're seeing him win that gauntlet match now. I mean, just based on the 50-50 formula WWE adheres by, I think they gave him the shine now. I don't see him and Gargano going one-on-one on night two because, A, they're both heels. And, B, um, I think they're going to see that he won that match so they can beat him again. At the same time, you can book him in the gauntlet to where he goes through like five people, and that's the sure. reason why he loses. And now you build him up in a way because he, if he, if you don't plan on him winning over Gargano, then don't put him against Gargano. Right. But you can still give him a good showing at the gauntlet match, and I think that that's what they'll do. Yeah, and that gets people over. That's like the, that mm-hmm. the number one way people get over these days. That they, they, the gauntlet match. Over. That's how they got Shinsuke yeah. over for a while. Is you Seth Rollins? Seth got Rollins? Oh my God! You Kofi Kingston? Yeah, yeah. Kofi oh. Mania started because of a gauntlet oh. match. You guys, great two calls, great back-to-back calls with. Yeah. Oh, I forgot though, Rollins and and Kofi. Seth went over an hour yeah. on Monday Night Raw Those before he lost. Yeah, huge deal. Seth Rollins was over an hour, right? Wasn't that like yeah. forever? Mm-hmm. That's right. That did get them both super over. You guys are right. Yeah. Yeah, and Kofi Mania started because of that gauntlet match. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget anything about that run, first of all. Yeah, but yeah, I remember yeah. how it started. I'll never forget yeah. that. So you can give him an amazing show to the point that he just can no longer go, and that's how he loses. And he goes into NXT starting on Tuesdays as, as the guy that gets a standing ovation. So let's see if that's what happens. But he looks so. good tonight, and I'm happy. Yep. Yeah. So that's your NXT. Uh, first, so what did you guys think of the show on a scale of 1 to 10? And who had the better show between NXT and AEW? We'll start with you, Matt. AEW by a slight edge. Not the normal 1 to 1.5 difference I usually give them. Uh, like 0. 0.3, 0. 0.5 better. So if I gave, what, AEW 7.5, I would give uh, NXT, I'll give them a 7. Of course. I'm going to give NXT an 8 just because of what they do with the women and how they showcase them. And, of course, I'm fully biased when it comes to that. I do think that AEW is putting more effort into their women's division. I do. And I thought that Taya Kanti looked amazing tonight. I hated that she lost. Um, but yeah. I do I do think that a, I, I felt the shows were so even that I really just wanted to, like, split my screen and, like, go between the two at some point because they felt very even. But uh, a takeover go-home show, I, I, I'm just always here for those. So I, yes. I just... Thought it was slightly better. Mm-hmm. Isa, how, how do you watch the shows? Like, how do you watch? I go back and forward. I go back and forward. So yeah. depending depending on what I feel at that moment is the better segment. That's what will Duh. keep my attention. And then once it <laughs> once it goes away, I'll change it again. You know. So yeah. You know something? That's how we used to watch the Monday Night Wars back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so I'm, I'm a fan. Up. I'm a fan of the Tuesday night, so I can stop doing this to my brain because yeah, I it gives me a headache. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I thought both shows were good. I thought NXT was better. Just and also grading it on the basis of a go home show. They just did everything they needed to do to get you, you know, to get you excited for the matches mm-hmm. that they're gonna have, especially the bigger matches. I love how they went off the air with Io and Raquel, and they were telling that story. That was a long thread. They had the thing with the dog that was very intriguing. There was a lot of cool stuff on the show that kind of kept you wanting to watch it, and I, I liked it a lot. My dog's coming for that dog. Yeah, <laughs> let's build a few between those two dogs. Yeah, we're gonna feel, I'm gonna Twitter build a field between them. What's your dog's name? Roman. Roman versus Frankie. Oh, that just you, I can see that on the poster. Okay, Roman versus Frankie. We'll get it. All right. Well, uh, before we get off the air, do you guys have anything to promote, Matt? I know you're always humble about this. <laughs> just man, nothing. No. Oh yes, if you guys, yes, actually, if you guys live in Central Florida on April 10th, Old Man Morgan's coming out of retirement for one. Match. Um, I wish I could for, see that. 
for a fundraiser that I'm doing uh, to raise money for this all new Hope and Healing Center we have for opioid addicts in our county. It's the first of its kind in the country, quite frankly. It's a very big deal. I helped get uh, play a small part in help getting this center put up to begin with as part of our Seminole County Opioid Council that I sit on. Um, it's a really big deal. I'm a 14-year recovered opioid addict myself. I'm overdosed seven times. I'm lucky to even sincerely be here to be raising money for others that have the same story to tell that I do. Um, the difference is I was very fortunate to be able to get the help that I needed. Uh, I had enough money to be able to afford it. And I didn't go to a plush, nice place either. I went to a place that I needed to go to to scare the bejesus out of me and get me clean and give me a structured environment that I needed to get rid of people, places, and things so I could stay clean, right? But it still cost an arm and a leg to do it, even with insurance. Like, it was ridiculous. And I remember when I left going, like, I'm dead serious, you guys. I wanted to cry for my roommate and a couple others in there that I knew did not have the funds to be able to maintain their outpatient treatment that they're going to need to stay clean. And how many of them are now going to go die? And I don't blame that on anybody. Obviously it's our addictive brain and how it works. We're all responsible for our own addiction. But with that said, if you have an opportunity to help people that are struggling with addiction, you do it. And so I was able to turn my life around I was able to go back to pro wrestling, actually. I, I, that's when I started with TNA. That was my first run in pro wrestling, completely sober and clean from drugs. Um, became an American gladiator. Went on to be a father to a beautiful little seven-year-old nonverbal autistic son that really needs his dad in life. Um, a present father. And then the mayor of a city, for crying out loud. That's just my tiny, myopic example. There's millions out there that could do the way more with their second chance in life if we're able to help give it to them. So if you can, if you live in Central Florida, please check out SeminoleShowdown.com, SeminoleShowdown.com, where you can purchase your ticket. Um, they're selling quickly. I'm not just saying as a gimmick. It, they really are selling quickly. So if you guys see this tonight, please get on that website. And if you don't live here in Central Florida, but you want to contribute to our fundraiser, all right. Uh, you don't have to come to the show either. You can watch it. It'll be live streamed on Facebook, on yes. Seminole Showdown Facebook page, I think. Um, but more importantly, you could contribute. You can donate to the cause. And this will be taking care of 15 opioid addicts from here in Seminole County that really need our help right now. So, uh, again, guys, you know how passionate I am about this. So if you can't contribute, please go to SeminoleShowdown.com and dollar, two dollars, three dollars, anything you can give, please. Thank you, guys. Hell yeah. That's great. Respect. Thanks for reminding me. I would have walked respect. all over that and just said, for hurry sure. up and end the show. So thank you for letting me do that. In the chat, I just <laughs> love this. A lot of great feedback. People having Matt in their lives count their blessings for having an inspiration, inspiring story, a battle, and now recovery. And now with the life you live in family politics and helping community, class act all day. So great job, mm -hmm. Matt. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Thanks, you got I'm, going to be, I'm going to be watching that match. I'm going to donate and I'm going to tune into the live stream. I really want to see it. For sure. Um, for me, please follow my new Twitter account. I am still trying to appeal. My old Twitter account got suspended over a copyright strike. So <laughs> I had to start a new one because Twitter, they told me it can take months to get my old account back. Um, oh. However, my YouTube channel, I am so close to 10,000 subscribers. So if you guys could find wow. me on YouTube, it's an NYC Demon Diva and subscribe. I have a very special video video breaking down Lucia Libre in Puerto Rico that I will release once I hit 10,000 subscribers. I'm a couple of hundreds away, so I'm excited. Love it. Love Very it. And cool. I'm a subscriber too. It's a great channel. 
10,000 subscribers. That's really good, Isa. Even I know that. That's very good. Thank you. Thank you. I've been, I've been putting in some work in there lately. So That's awesome. Well, follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty. Uh, meet me on Forbes, YouTube Pro Wrestling Bit. I don't have 10,000 subscribers yet, but uh, maybe, uh, maybe in 10,000 years I'll have 10,000 subscribers. So we'll get there. You guys have been great as always. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys soon. Bye.